So the big uh, kind of revision from the original Evenflow to the Evenflow Riptide is we've added a second set of torsional material to the shaft down in the bottom third of the shaft. So we're just trying to tighten up the stability of the shaft just in that bottom third without altering the ball flight. This is the Fitting Room Podcast. Here's your host, Nate Adelman. Exciting day today because we are breaking down the Maverick lineup of stock shafts, tons of shaft options available. And there's a lot of golfers who I think know like Maverick's the driver for me this year. Maybe it's Maverick Max or the high spin guys that say, hey, I want Maverick Sub-Zero. But then comes the next question. You're on the configurator or you're working with your fitter and they say, well, what shaft should we go with? And there's plenty to choose from. And to help me break that down, uh, my partner in crime, Dave, I think we've been together now five out of the last six weeks, maybe six out of the last seven weeks, but Dave Neville, a senior director of brand management and all products help me break it down. Good to be with you, buddy. I know when we talk about shafts, we always get a ton of questions. We get a ton of interest and, and a lot of, uh, a lot of listens. So we're going to break it down in the Maverick lineup and, and talk about what we have in, in both the lightweight and the kind of the up the gut and then the, the heavyweight uh, area as well. And Dave, you, you spend a lot of time uh, throughout the year on every product launch trying to figure out what are the right shafts that are going to work the best with the heads that we're designing. And so uh, the three stock shafts that we're going to cover today, I mean, these were hand selected from many, many options to see what is the best in each of these categories. So let's start with, we'll start with up the gut. Um, and that, that is the uh, Project X Evenflow Riptide. It's kind of midweight. Uh, you know, mid-launch. Um, so who do you got up your sleeve to help us break that one down? Well, I've got the man. He's been on here many times, uh, Don Brown. He's the director of innovation and, and marketing for True Temper and Project X and the, probably one of the most knowledgeable guys on sha- and shafts in the entire industry. So, yeah, Don's been on the show a couple of times, so we're really excited to have him back to talk about uh, the, new, the new Riptide shaft. Um, so that'll be good. And then after... We talked to Don. I say we go up the weight class scale. So the, the fast, strongest players, the guys playing the sub-zero who need something heavy, something stout, knock as much spin off as possible. The shaft in the lineup is the Aldela Rogue white shaft. Um, so Dave, who do you have on the show uh, to help us understand that one? Yeah, so we brought on Zane Newtall. I hope I pronounced his name right. I butcher his name sometimes. Sorry, Zane. Uh, from Aldela and Mitsubishi, and he's going to be talking about the Rogue White 130 MSI. You know, he works with their their tour players out there and product development as well. Super knowledgeable, and Mitsubishi is always the the top of the the class in terms of offerings. And that's going to be our stout heavyweight offering, the Aldela Rogue White 130 MSI. And then on the other end of the spectrum is what I think uh, is maybe the hardest category to really get right. And that is the lightweight shaft that still has stability, strength, performance. And you picked a really good one this year. Um, well, the team did. And that is um, the UST helium black shaft. Um, and, uh, you know, UST, tons of, tons of great stuff over the years. And this is uh, no exception. Yeah, for sure. The UST Helium Black, I, I think it's one of the best, if not the best, lightweight shafts out there in the market, both lightweight and stable. And we're going to have Danny Lee, who's the Senior Director of Marketing for UST Mamiya, 
And we've got some great questions for him in terms of how do you make a shaft both lightweight and also very, very stable. Okay, so we've got a lot to talk about. We've got three guests lined up for this podcast, uh, maybe a little longer than the normal podcast, but it's also got a little more information than the normal podcast. So um, this is going to be a good one. And hopefully at the end of this, um, golfers will have a better idea of going into the fitting bay or going into the season. Um, if they've got Maverick uh, on their shopping list, um, the best configuration for them to help them play the best golf. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to get to that in just one moment after this short commercial break. Our friends at Travis Matthew are rolling out Travis Matthew Rewards. It's a totally free loyalty program that gives you perks just for shopping at Travis Matthew, which if you listen to The Fitting Room, you probably already do. The second that you join, you'll immediately get free shipping and free returns on every purchase, which is pretty nice. But on top of that, for every dollar that you spend, you will earn five reward points. So for every hundred dollars, you'll get five extra dollars towards your next purchase. It's just free money. In addition, you'll have early access to new products, VIP sales, exclusive offers, and some free gifts. The more points that you earn, the, more, the better the perks that you can get. So what are you waiting for? Head over to TravisMatthew.com or to a Travis Matthew retail store and enroll today. All right, Dave, enough chit-chat from us. Let's get to it with the Senior Director of Marketing and Innovation from True Temper, our good friend, Don Brown. Don, welcome back to the fitting room. I believe this is your third or fourth appearance on the show. Oh, uh, yeah, at least. Done a couple uh, of in-studio ones, a couple from my office, and now coming to you live from uh, North Park, California, where I'm quarantined at home as we get through, uh, the, through the COVID virus. DB in the house. Thanks for joining us, Don. Yep, anytime. Well, I don't think it matters where you're broadcasting from because you always bring the knowledge and bring the heat for us. And uh, th today, especially, we want to talk about Evenflow Riptide, which is, uh, you know, the bulk of the market, middle of, middle of the weight classes on the Maverick uh, lineup from, a, from the stock shaft option. And already we're seeing that it's, you know, far and away more golfers are uh, being fit into the Evenflow Riptide than any other stock shaft option. So, We'd love for you to break break it down for us. Uh, you know what's gone into the development of that shaft. What makes that special, and why is it good for so many players? Yeah, so Riptide is the second generation of our Evenflow line. So um, our Evenflow line was hugely successful. You know, especially with that kind of bulk of the market player that you're talking about. Um, you know, it was a stock shaft in your guys' Rogue product did really well. Um, but you know, some of the feedback we had is because it's such an easy to load product. Sometimes it can feel a little bit unstable, especially on off-center impacts. So the big uh, kind of revision from the original Evenflow to the Evenflow Riptide is we've added a second set of torsional material to the shaft down in the bottom third of the shaft. So we're just trying to tighten up the stability of the shaft just in that bottom third without altering the ball flight. It's still going to be that mid-launch type of uh, product. So really just about stable feel and adding a little bit more stability and off-center hits, but still an easy-to-load golf shaft and providing that mid-launch performance for the kind of the heart of the market. So, Don, I, I had a chance to visit you guys down in Mira Mesa and see how these shafts are put together. But for the people who are listening in, what is the construction like on the shafts? When you say you're, you're adding torsional stability to the, to the shaft, what exactly does that mean? Talk about the, the layers and, and, and what goes into actually building a shaft. 
Yeah, when we make a golf shaft, um, you know, a shaft like the original Evenflow has about a, 11 different flags or pieces of material that go into it. On um, any kind of traditional golf shaft, uh, the different layers do different things. They control torque or stability or the overall flex of the shaft, be it regular, stiff, X, or we can put layers just in the tip section if we're trying to lower the launch and span, or we can put material just up at the butt end if we're trying to do counterbalancing. With the Riptide, what we did is we added a second set of torsional material. Most golf shafts are just constructed with one set of torsional materials. We put a second set in there, again, just locally placed at the bottom of the golf shaft to control the stability at, down at the head um, without making the entire shaft lower torque. If we were to make that second set run the entire length, we've gotten a very low torque golf shaft, which for really strong players can be a good thing, but for the average golfer on those off-center hits, you can start to get kind of a harsh feel and vibration in the hands. Now, one of the things even flow has always been known for is, you know, really nice feel and the even bend profile. Is the even flow riptide follow that same lineage in terms of feel and, the, and, and from a bend profile standpoint? Yeah, so we followed the exact same bend profile as we did with the original Evenflow. Again, that bend profile has a lot of benefits. It, it feels great. It's easy for the average golfer to load as compared to, say, our hazardous line, which was really designed for very high tempo, very strong players. Evenflow is designed for the other 85% of the market that doesn't have 185 mile an hour ball speed. Um, but again, with that softer, uh, even loading profile, we did get a little bit of so over softness almost in the feel. So the big difference is making the riptide load the same, play the same, but just feel a little bit more stable at impact. So Don, I mean, you guys are known for using all kinds of different uh, exotic materials and these different shafts. What is that process like, the development of deciding what to put into the um, the shaft. I know you guys own a lot of your own factories, both the U.S. overseas. How does that development process work? So, yeah, so you know, it, it starts with us developing the shaft. Is we look at okay, are we making a, a revision? Are we going from even flow? We want to improve upon that shaft, or are we starting from scratch? You know, and you know, in a product like Riptide, where we had a great product in the original even flow that we just wanted to improve upon. There, we're just going and looking, okay, what performance parameters can we improve upon? And when you talk about the materials, I think one thing a lot of, you know, golfers don't realize is all of the graphite shaft companies have access to a lot of the same materials. Um, it's kind of like all the restaurants you go to have access to a lot of the same ingredients. The secret is the recipe. It's how we put those different materials together. So when you're talking about a shaft like uh, Riptide, We've got standard modulus fiber in there. We have fibers like T800. We have 40 ton fiber in there. And so what really makes the shaft design is how you combine those different fibers together to create a shaft that's got the right bend profile, right torsional profile, and right stability profile for the target golfer. Um, if we took the riptide design and just made every single flag with M40, you would have something that was very stiff and very low launch and really low torque and really brittle which is not a great combination for the heart of the, of the golf market. So it is blending those different fibers together and having, you know, we have about 25 different carbon fiber materials that we use. Then that blending those together is how we design for performance for a given golfer. I really like that analogy of, of uh, ingredients and in restaurants. We haven't really heard that before. And I, I really like that because it really does put into perspective, like all the R and D that you do and all the research to be able to, find the right combinations to deliver what golfers need. Um, and, and speaking of golfers, 
for the even flow riptide, what is the golfer, you know, profile that you see that is really going to like, is going to gravitate or be fitting to this shaft, whether it's from a speed standpoint, launch standpoint, um, handicap, if that applies, but, uh, where do you see the, this being the hotspot from a golfer standpoint? Yeah, so the even flow is really going to be one, it's, it's a mid trajectory shaft, which, you know, the heart of the market can really use. I know a lot of folks listening to this podcast probably don't think they hit the ball high enough when in reality, most golfers are not launching the ball high enough, especially when you start to consider how often you hit a fairway. You know, if you've got <laughs> say a hundred mile hour uh, driver swing speed and you're carrying the ball out two thirty, but you're only hitting the fairway four or five times around, that means your carry distance maybe is only 210 and you're coming down in that rough and the ball is going to stop. If you're carrying the ball farther, when it does come down, unfortunately the rough, you want to carry it as far as you can. So that's one of the reasons this mid launch design really works is because really for the heart of the market, if we're all being honest with ourselves, we're not going to hit the fairway every time and we're not going to get rollout in the rough. So we need to carry the ball as far as we can. Uh, the other thing about the riptide is it's really designed for folks with what we would call a moderate to slow tempo. Um, you know, for those guys that really go at it really hard, that's really more of our hazardous product line, but most golfers do have that more moderate to slow tempo. So that's where the, the riptide with its even bend profile makes it easier for golfers to load. And I, I know this is the fitting room, but we got to ask, I mean, the, the, the paint job, which you first had with the even flow and now taking it to another level uh, with the, with the riptide, really unique process. Just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so we call um, on the Riptide, we call that our undercurrent paint because, you know, we gotta, we're marketing guys. We got to carry the nautical theme all the way through the product line. So uh, the, under, the undercurrent paint uh, is a paint that's actually doped with magnetic particles. So we put these magnetic particles into the paint and then we expose the shaft to a magnetic field, which moves the paint around actually on the shaft. If you, when you see the process, the shaft is entirely silver and we expose it to a magnetic field. And that's what brings that kind of ripple pattern into the paint. So it is a very, very cool process, very unique, something that we, uh, we actually, you know, we've got some intellectual property around and it's something that just, when you see it for the first time, you, you can't believe it. You know, I think Dave, when I showed you the video, I had to show it to you a couple of times before you actually kind of contemplated what you were looking at. It is a little bit uh, mind blowing. Where, where can people, uh, do you have a YouTube video on, on that where people can see the process for that? You know, we'll get, we'll get a YouTube video up on now. I think we're far enough along kind of with the, you know, we got to protect our secrets, but I think we're far yeah. enough along now in that protection process that we can probably, we'll get one of those up uh, either on our social media or up on YouTube. And I think what makes it cool, correct me if I'm wrong, is every single shaft will be slightly different. There's no two identical paint jobs. Yeah, just like with the original Evenflow, you know, that the name for the original Evenflow paint, we actually called it fingerprint paint because every shaft was a little bit different. No one was matching. Same thing with this, just variations in how thick the paint is, where the magnetic field is applied, exactly how it's applied um, will change the way that finish looks. And so everyone is truly going to be a unique paint job. That's pretty cool. Let, let's just take a look at your overall shaft lineup there um, at Project X, Don. So we have the Riptide, but talk about uh, the hazardous, what the, the models are there as well and how that that is different, you know, and kind of just a brief overview of your, your whole offering there. Yeah, so, the, you know, the hazardous product is something we've had out now for, man, I think it's five or six years, but that was really something we designed for those really aggressive, really strong players. And so if you look at our product line now, we have 
our smoke green shaft, which is, you know, that is designed for the guys who truly do have that 185 mile an hour ball speed. These college kids that are coming up that, you know, carry the ball 290, 295 without thinking about it. Um, we have our smoke black and our smoke yellow, which are again, both lower spin, stiffer shafts still for the better player that are really looking to knock spin off the golf ball with the riptide line. That is really for kind of the, the rest of the, the golfers out there that aren't really high ball speed players. And even if you are a little bit high ball, ball speed player, but someone that does need help getting a little bit more launch and spin with the driver, that's really where the riptide line fits in for us. So if you look at the market or if you look at the offerings now, the Evenflow Riptide comes with usually the uh, Maverick Standard and the Maverick Max. So if we rewind the clock like two years ago when Dave and the Callaway team came to you and said, hey, we're working on this product. It's combining jailbreak with artificial intelligence and it's about speed and aerodynamics. How do you guys go about taking like the information about what the club head is and determining what is going to be a good fit for that? And how does that, you know, does it change whether it's for Maverick Max versus Maverick Standard? Yeah, so, you know, when we start working on these products with Callaway, you know, the kind of the first question for us is a lot about what the target golfer is. You know, when we talk about a product like Max, we know that's for somebody who needs all the help they can get getting the ball up in the air, looking for a lot more launch and spin. So a smoke green, for example, is, you know, taken out right away because the entire point of that product is to get lower launch and lower spin. So, um, and then, you know, we talked through, okay, what product have you guys used from us in the past that you liked? We know we had a lot of success with even flow in the rogue product line, you know, geared towards a similar type of golfer. And so then, okay, how can we improve upon that even flow shaft to get an even better product, but knowing we're still targeting that same, same golfer who's looking for a little bit more launch and spin. All right, Don. Well, thank you as always for joining us here on the fitting room. It's always a pleasure to have you. And I'm sure We'll be uh, knocking on your door not too much longer for uh, some more uh, new product info coming up in the, in the coming months and coming years. Thanks, Don. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Thanks, Davey. And we'll be talking again soon. we got some cool stuff coming. And we'll be back with more from the Fitting Room Podcast. All right, Dave, what do you say? Are you ready to talk to Zane? Yeah, let's talk shafts, man. All right, Zane, welcome to the Fitting Room. Thank you for joining us to talk about the Aldo La Rogue White 130. Thank you guys for having me. Looking forward to the chat. So the the Rogue White thir- uh, 130 MSI is on the stouter end of all of the stock options in the Maverick Woods family. Uh, it's going to be on the heavier side. It's going to be on um, you know the the lower launch side. Um, our producer Tyler 120 Clubhead Speed is gaming this shaft, so you know it's a serious player shaft. So break it down for us, Zane. Sure, sure, absolutely. There's been, you know, obviously a long history with the Rogue series of products um, within many different channels of the industry, from obviously high-level tour all the way down to aftermarket and even some lighter weight offerings um, in the past. So it certainly um, has evolved over the years. Um, certainly we kick-started a, a fresh new series uh, called the 130 MSI series, uh, originally slated for two profiles, starting with the you know, traditional, very low launch, strong core players product in the Rogue Silver 130. And just recently, we had added this third profile uh, that kind of splits right in between that silver profile and, of course, the traditional black. Uh, There's also been kind of a tour favorite and a pretty popular product out there. Uh, but this Rogue White um, really, really identified the need for a third profile just as things have grown and 
um, the versatility of our products have, have gained interest for, for other types of players. We decided to add in a third profile. So, Zane, uh, a lot of people, they ask me all the time, what is MSI and what is 130 MSI versus 110 MSI? Can you explain that to the, to the listener and the viewer? Absolutely. So um, we kind of use different ways to equate tonnage or strength of a fiber we're integrating into certain products, um, usually on the Mitsubishi side, thus being a sister company of the all oil brand. Uh, we do have, you know, a usual trend to equate things in tonnage, whereas the MSI rating is something created uh, on the all oil side a few years ago that really means a very similar thing. It's just a strength measuring um, unit, if you will, of, of carbon fiber strength and, and how strong and, and lightweight and kind of the strength to weight ratio, if you will. So. Um, certainly, as things have evolved, material has gotten stronger, lighter, faster, et cetera. Uh, a lot of these things are being learned from you know, our aerospace and airplane industry side of things, um, which are really advancing at a rapid rate in terms of strength and lightweight carbon fiber. So we're constantly evolving things, hence the multiple iterations and multiple versions. But typically, the higher you go in MSI, uh, the more strength you have, the more exotic fiber, if you will. So if you're allowed to share with us, you know, the... The Rogue uh, Black and Rogue Silver have been popular for a long time. The Rogue White is a newer one. How's the development process go? Like, what are you looking at to identify that you want to create another pro, uh, profile? And then what are the levers that you guys are pulling in order to deliver uh, different performance with, you know, shafts that are of similar weight um, and similar materials? Absolutely. So, you know, a big involvement of of what's gone on in the Rogue series, hence adding the, the third profile, was a lot of predicated on the balance point story. So as you guys are probably familiar, the Rogue for many years has had kind of a consistent trend of, of more counterbalance or raised balance point parts throughout the series. So as we started to evolve um, this new 130 series, we just tried to identify some holes or gaps that we could you know, provide more broad benefits for all walks of life in terms of players. Um, so that's researching, you know, where where the holes were in terms of a very strong silver low launching profile and the opposite of that being the rogue black part in the 130 series that is, you know, heavily counterbalanced, a little more active, smoother type of profile. So within that realm, we decided that, you know, to bridge that gap between rogue white was a great way in terms of not quite as counterbalanced as the rogue black kind of sits in between there. And in terms of stability and, and torque, also bridges that gap between uh, a, a prior kind of gap, if you will, between those two pretty different performing profiles. Hmm. So who would you say would be the best fit for the Rogue White, for the 130 MSI? W what type of, of player are we looking at here? Sure, and, and you know, it's definitely geared at uh, a specific type of player, but certainly working with you guys is a fantastic partner of ours. I feel we've really broadened the versatility, right? So definitely geared at the sub-zero type player looking to manage and control spin and flight, uh, obviously with dispersion being a big key to their, their golf game. But we really, I feel, broadened that in terms of design and, and kind of opened it up for a much wider range. I believe, Dave, we carry 60S all the way up through the 70X, correct? Yeah, and even in the fairway wood, we have the 80 um, as, as well, so covering all of the weight classes there. That's a huge range Absolutely. going from, you know, mid-60s to mid-80s on, on the weight scale. That can fit a huge number of players. It really does, and it really calls for a profile that can, you know, in heavier weights provide 
a lot of benefits for that stronger player that's looking for the, the keys I mentioned earlier, but also in that 60 stiff, 60X player looking for something a little more lightweight, a little smoother, still has plenty of feel responsiveness, but still definitely goes back to that realm of, of kind of keeping priority of, of dispersion and, and accuracy as a, as a key element. What kind of feedback have you seen from our the fitters out there, tour play, that kind of thing? What's What's been the feedback on the Rogue White? So certainly a little bit of uh, explanation as, you know, the typical two-profile system has now grown to a third, but there's definitely a lot of lot of openness to the involvement of the, the series and the line due to its prior success. Uh, but certainly we're hearing a lot of good things and keying in on that one main factor being that versatility is, you know, in, in typical a white or silver type of rogue profile was meant for that only very strong type of player and didn't quite provide benefits for that middle-of-the-road guy or someone looking for a little bit more feel or or responsiveness, as I mentioned. So I think we've uh, continued to to widen the players that Rogue White will provide benefits to. And, um, you know, really, Tor is just getting started. Obviously, we're in a bit of a holding pattern now. But uh, initially, we had some fantastic feedback. You know, we had one win within a top player, top 50 player in the world. Um, But, uh, yeah, we're, we're still in the early stages of Tor. So definitely some exciting things to come there. Now, Dave, you're really involved in the process of choosing uh, which shafts go with which of the different heads. Um, and this shaft, you were heavily involved in getting Rogue White 130 as a stock option for the Sub-Zero head. So talk me through the process of uh, when looking with, you know, you have this new Sub-Zero driver head that you're trying to pair with the, you know, a great match for it. How did How did you land on this and what are and maybe Zane can add in, like, what are the properties of this chef that make it such a good partner for Sub-Zero? Well, Sub-Zero is always a bit of a challenge because we're trying to find a sweet spot. We need it to be stout for the better players, but it can't be so stout that it's unplayable. You know, it can't be, uh, you know, producer Tyler 120 and above only, right? So right. we need players who are at... 100, 105 miles an hour plus to be able to play this. We need to, as we talked about, get across a, a lot of weight classes. And then we're looking at something where we've had a lot of good feedback from the fitters um, also. So we're, we're kind of looking at all those different aspects. And obviously, Aldola Mitsubishi has been a great partner of ours for, for a lot of years. So this felt like it was going to be right in that sweet spot that it's, it's a very stout shaft, 130 MSI, low torque, all of that, but still playable for a lot of players and it really fits very well with the sub-zero and we're actually seeing players who are in standard and even some who are in max will, can also play the shaft as well and and zane when dave comes to you and says hey we need a good option for sub-zero how does the team then go pro take that challenge and come back with something what's the approach for trying to match something with a low spin head like that Sure. You know, we're certainly learning from all elements of our business, but obviously partnering with you guys and, and your history and your fitters and your consumer as well. So it's kind of, you know, putting all that knowledge into a bucket and doing some, you know, constant innovation and, and testing and, and really kind of pushing the limits with every product we bring out. And I think pairing with fantastic technology guys that featured in this Maverick Sub-Zero product, we were able, I think, as a, as a whole or as a combination, able to, to broaden the versatility of what people would normally think of, of it only a tour player or kind of stronger player type of product. That's awesome, man. Well, we really appreciate you you joining us. I mean, obviously the Maverick has been an absolute huge home run. We're off and running uh, with this shaft, and 
we've been doing these Kings of Distance events around the country and, and virtually now as well and getting uh, great feedback on this, this shaft. I know when I get feedback from the fitters and they're saying, wow, um, you know, they're almost surprised that we picked like such a good shaft um, for, for the Sub-Zero. That, that tells us uh, we picked the right one. The nice thing it's worth mentioning is not only is this available in the Sub-Zero, you can still add it as a no-upcharge option in the Standard, yes, in the Max, absolutely. Um, and all the Fairway Woods as well. Um, and with a, I guess this is more down the tinkering lane, but the tip tip is three inches of parallel section. So if you really wanted to go crazy, cutting it down to a five wood, cutting it down to a seven wood, no problem. It'll fit just right. Um, now that you that's better, a tinkering two hundred one, right? You there. better be bringing the heat if you're going to do that. But um, uh, super versatile. You, uh, the shaft can fit a lot of people. Um, I would say on the higher end of the swing speed spectrum. For sure. For sure. Cool. Well, Zane, uh, thank you again for joining us. Always a pleasure talking with you. I'm sure that we will have plenty to talk about uh, in the near future as well. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. And uh, great to touch base. And look forward to uh, seeing how the product evolves and the summer rolls on. Sounds good. Thank you. On the line now is Danny Lee from U.S. Team EMEA, Senior Director of Marketing break it down the helium black woods lineup danny thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me guys it's gonna be all pretty pretty great show i'm looking forward to it so the helium black line of woods um, is one of the three stock options in the maverick line of woods um, and comes on uh it's you know on the lighter end of the spectrum it comes on the maverick and the maverick max specifically uh driver and fairways but um, Danny, break us down what, uh, an overview of what the Helium Black lineup is all about. Helium Black was really designed to be a lightweight structure that was very stable. Uh, there was nothing else in the market uh, that was like this particular product when we did our R&D a couple of years ago. Uh, we looked at what was available to the consumer that was swinging slow. Uh, and you know, we realized that there was a segment missing and we chased that several years ago, developing products that were lightweight and very stable. Um, and that's the key is the stability of this product uh, where we're using, uh, you know, higher modulus product. We're using lower resin content for carbon fiber. We're designing it differently than really any lightweight shaft in the market, uh, really designed for that player who's lost speed or players who generally swing slow to generate a little bit more speed to generate a little bit more distance. Dan, let's dig in a little bit because we know our listeners like to get into the, the technical details, but, you talk about low resin carbon fiber. What does that mean? And, and how do you make a shaft really lightweight, but also stable? Because I think a lot of people out there, they just assume that if it's lightweight, it's going to be super whippy, not very, very stable. So what goes into the formula to make it lightweight and stable? Uh, a couple things. Uh, the main thing is going to be the materials we use. Like I mentioned earlier, we're using higher modules material, uh, which adds a little bit of stability to the, to the carbon fiber, but then also using carbon fiber that has lower resin. When, when I say lower resin, that's basically less glue. It's more carbon fiber. Uh, so when the, the golfer, when we hit and test with golfers of all range from tour players to, you know, the recreational golfer, they can feel the difference between a lower resin content carbon fiber and higher resin. So we get uh, lightweight, uh, we get less glue, 
we get more stability. We get a better feeling shaft, uh, more stable shaft overall. So Dave, an analogy comes to my mind here. Uh, you, when you hear fine, uh, I believe they're called brewers, you know, in, in the beer world, they say making a light lager is much harder than like a big heavy IPA because there's nowhere to hide you can't hide anything in, you know, something that's heavy, you can hide a lot of flavors and purity and all that, but making something that, you know, is light and crisp is actually much more difficult. Uh, and it sounds like it's, there's a lot of parallels here that when you're making a structure that is so light, but still has to be really strong, still has to have the performance characteristics that you need, it actually requires, you know, better materials and more efficient way to uh, construct it. And it's actually more difficult to create a high-performing lightweight shaft than, you know, a heavyweight shaft would be. Correct, yeah. Typically, tour shafts are a lot easier to design uh, from a standpoint of weight, stability, uh, where, where it gets really difficult and hard is chasing that lightweight category. So that's, you know, that's really our focus of the last several years. And, you know, you look at all the products that we developed over the last decade, we're chasing that, that average consumer that's buying, you know, the Maverick Max, the Maverick product line, that, that, you know, that 10 to 20 handicap who's struggling with speed, struggling with distance, struggling with distance controls, dispersion. Uh, so I think, you know, us going into this category and, and devoting our time and efforts to the average consumer, uh, I think it's going to pay dividends in the end. So, Danny, you've said you've been working on this for a long time, and I and I know you guys have, but take a step back and just talk about the elements line and, and how that came about and how that has kind of migrated or morphed in, into this helium black offering. Walk us through that that timeline. Yeah, you know, when we when we develop products, it takes years for it uh, for it to come to market, and predict this particular line. Uh, started out as kind of the elements and taking that that mantra of elements helium elements chrome all these different product lines and developing and and specifically helium we looked at it and like you know what the the name is great it's designed to be lightweight and where we want to test this is initially for me was to look at uh, long drive guys because they're chasing distance you know if we can make a product that performs for the fastest club at speed at a certain weight, uh, specifically, you know, in the 40, 50 gram range, we can translate that into the average consumer. Uh, so we chased the, the long drive guys, you know, over five years ago and developing, you know, 49X, double uh, X, triple X and, and developing products there. And it performed for them. They generated more speed, more ball speed, club head speed. Uh, and they had no problem in terms of dispersion. You know, obviously they're wild, but uh, they were able to hit it in the grid. And so we saw performance benefit there. And we took that same philosophy and kind of tiered it down into the S, R, A, and even L flex. Uh, you know, a lot of times we get a lot of people that come in and like, you know what? I used to be a really good player. And because of age, I've lost speed. And to counteract that loss of speed is really, you know, reducing overall weight. And if we can reduce overall weight with a shaft and tandem with the head, that player, that golfer is going to be able to generate more speed. Now, bring it back to using higher modulus, lower resin carbon fiber. Now you're adding back stability to the product. So, you know, develop the best, the fastest club at speed, you know, then to the average consumer. And then, you know, getting feedback on whether the shaft is too stiff 
or too flexible, like uh, Dave said, uh, we're trying to figure out that formula. And, and, you know, I think with the Helium product, I think we're at that point where it's pretty good and it's great that we have it launched in the marketplace. So listeners of this show have heard us hammer this over and over that there's overall weight and then there's swing weight and they're very, very different things. And so we know the overall weight of the Helium Black is, is very, very light. Um, but also how uh, the swing weight has been designed into these shafts as well. Uh, I believe that these have a counterbalance design. So break it, break it down why the construction is like that and how does that benefit the golfer? Well, uh, good point about the counterbalance design. Uh, you know, we're, sh we're shifting the CG away from the tip end towards the butt end. Um, that, that does two things. Uh, it reduces the swing weight. Uh, it, it allows the club, uh, the, the golfer, to generate a little bit more speed. But at the same time, when you have the CG shift to the butt end, uh, it kind of helps with closure rate, too, uh, down at the bottom. Uh, so there's two benefits to that particular uh, counterbalance design. Uh, so, you know, we're seeing benefits of, of players hitting it straighter, even though it's a lighter weight product and also longer. That's so, two good things. <laughs> two great things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Straight, yeah, straighter, longer, lighter. Um, we're all about fitting here, Danny. So we get a lot of questions from players who are, say, in the you know, 90 to 95 mile an hour range with the, with the driver. Where do you kind of recommend a player uh, break down between an R flex and, a, and an S flex? Do you do you have some recommendations there, particularly around the the helium? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously from a, a stability standpoint, you know, for S flex, you know, guys anywhere from ninety plus to hundred, uh, R flex is going to be between eighty and ninety five, uh, and then A flex between seventy five eighty five. Uh, there's a reason for that overlap. Obviously, swing speed is one component to fitting uh, for flex and weight. Uh, the other component is going to be really uh, the fitter is going to determine, you know, uh, transition tempo uh, to determine where that flex needs to be. You might have a guy that is an R flex just based on swing speed, but if they have a quick transition, the stiff flex might be a better shoot uh, product. Whereas, uh, you know, someone who has a very smooth tempo can play who swings 90 miles per hour plus can play R-Flex, you know, based on feel. Yeah, one thing that people always ask about when you get into these really lightweight shafts, Danny, is, is about durability. You know, and I know that you guys are really focused on, on quality uh, control, but how do you make sure when you've got a driver shaft that that's light that you don't have issues with, uh, with breakage? Yeah, that's the that's the really the main thing with lightweight products. Anytime you go super lightweight, it gets uh, because you're using kind of you know higher modulus material. You get into the realm of of higher, more brittle shaft. Uh, so we're you know constantly testing. You know we have three different checks within the prototype uh, phase before we even get to consumer phase uh, of testing. So we go through th three different checks uh, on machines to make sure that you know it passes durability checks in terms of uh, you know connection from the the tip to the head uh, that we won't have any issues out in the marketplace uh, so there's a lot of different checks uh, checks and balances within what we do uh, before we even get to the prototype testing phase now uh, danny in this lightweight category here uh, if a if a golfer is fit into let's say the the 40 gram for the driver do you have any recommendations for as they're flighting the rest of their, their bag, whether it's um, uh, through their ferro woods, their hybrids, and even, I mean, there's a helium black iron shafts as well. 
Um, how do you recommend a player kind of uh, build their gapping or bridge their set with weights within the helium black lineup? Uh, typically, I recommend, you know, going a little bit heavier in the fairway wood. Uh, two things, because obviously you're cutting it shorter. You know, obviously driver length, you're talking about uh, 40, 45 plus 45 and three quarter inch uh, as it being a standard uh, driver length nowadays. And then three wood anywhere from 43 to, you know, 43 and a half, 44 inches. So uh, go a little bit heavier, but then you got to realize you're, you're cutting it down. So it gets to the nominal weight uh, back to what you're used to. But really, it's about feel and about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, myself, I play the same weight in my driver in three wood. Uh, you know, as long as the swing weight matches for me, uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, I get the same consistent feel from my driver to, to, to three wood that I'm looking for. So that, that's what I recommend. Uh, it's, again, based on fitting. Uh, mm-hmm. so, go, so go see your Callaway fitter and see what fits in the driver and then go to transition three wood into hybrids and two irons. Like you said, we make a, a helium black uh, ladies iron shafts, and it's a great uh, design for the ladies with lighter flex designed to, you know, get the ball up in the air. So uh, it's a great option in, in that particular lineup. And I believe that shaft comes in the uh, Maverick Max W uh, line, uh, line of iron. So you can check out that iron shaft there. Um, and, and Danny, last question for you. Um, for the golfer who's listening to this podcast who really loves UST shafts. And, you know, there's a legacy of such amazing shafts from UST that are just iconic when you see them even still on TV that have been around for 15 years. You know that it's a UST shaft. Uh, but maybe they're on the higher swing speed side or maybe they don't want something in the 40, 50-gram class. Uh, what's the latest and greatest that you've got um, for maybe those faster, those guys with faster club head speed who, um, you know, have always been UST uh, players? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, one of the most iconic shafts is actually Pro Force V2. We've had that around, you know, for a long time. And uh, if you look at really historical shafts, that's probably one of the most iconic ones. And, you know, we mm-hmm. sold a ton of those and we continue to sell today. We've looked at, you know, designing that particular product and making it more uh, modern with modern tech, modern materials. So that continues to actually do really well for us. And you see that in the custom programs. You see that still played on tour. We still have players requesting V2. And it still mm-hmm. performs for the best players in the world. Uh, we also introduced a new product, you know, a couple of years ago called Link, um, you know, LINQ. And that's using the latest material, Q fiber, uh, you know. So added stability to the product uh, as players are getting faster and stronger, we're adjusting to tour flex, you know. You know, it used to be X flex was good enough for most of those players. But, you know, most of those kids are swinging 115, 120 plus nowadays. So, we have adjusted, adjusted accordingly and made flex that fit those those players, the best players in the world. And they're swinging 65, 75 gram driver shafts. So uh, that link product, we have products out there that launches low, that has mid launch, that launches high. So we have a, a myriad of products that fit most players out there. And of course, you've got the legendary recoil shaft uh, in the in the irons as well. Correct. Yeah. That I mean, you know, when we launched that. Uh, eight years ago that uh, it's been, you know, phenomenal for us in terms of development. And, you know, we're, you know, we're chasing that product and we have some new exciting stuff coming out and, you know, 2021, we're looking forward to launching that soon. Well, Danny, I'm looking forward to having you back on the show with those 2021 launches so we can break that down and learn from you and uh, see all the new, the new gear, the new products. I know for such a long time, there's been, just some really iconic stuff coming from UST. So it's always great to check in with you. 
I'm not as lucky as Dave who gets to talk to you more regularly. So it's always a treat to have you on the show and get a catch up. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. So that's it this week on The Fitting Room. You can catch us again next Monday with a new episode. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll be headed back live on Sirius XM PJ Tour Radio uh, every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific to take your live questions on The Fitting Room live. And if you need more great Callaway content, you can check out the Girls in Golf podcast, the Callaway Golf podcast, and of course, the Putter podcast. This episode of The Fitting Room was produced by Tyler Sheehan, Jen Turk, and Trevor Miglarino. We will see you again next week.